Okay. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Let's quickly open our Bibles. Let's take the declaration of the the glory of God. Uh, Let's go back to Jeremiah chapter 10 again. The book of Jeremiah chapter 10. And as usual, please, I will request of you uh, to please, if you don't have the version that we use normally, just um, join with somebody. Let's read together in a single voice. We're going to read from verse 6, and that will be up to verse 16. I may ask us to jump somewhere along the line. Jeremiah chapter 6. Please let me just remind us of this. I, I had, um, I think it was Derek Prince teaching again. I realized that this thing we are doing is just inspired of God. He said it's one of the most, he called it proclamation, but that's not even why we are doing it. I've, we began it for another reason. So I listened to him uh, a few days ago. And when, and when he just said that, and I said, oh, it's just the same thing that we are doing here, but with a slightly different um, participation. All right? But he says that it's a very important one. In fact, he said the most powerful weapon. That's what he used. All right? So let's do that. And like I've been saying to us, let's not just do it only here. Let's do it in our homes. If you can do it twice a day, all the better. All right, the Lord is good. Are you ready? We are proclaiming loud from verse 6. One, two, let's go. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and great is your name in might. Who will not fear you, O King of the nations? Indeed, it is your due. For among all the wise men of the nations, and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. But they are all together stupid and foolish. In their discipline of delusion, their idol is wood. Beating silver is brought from Tarshish and gold from offers. The work of a craftsman and the hands of a goldsmith, violate and purple at their clothing, they are all the work of skilled men. But the Lord is the true God, is a living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Thus you shall say to them, the gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding he has stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there is a tumult of waters in the heavens, and he causes the clouds to ascend from the end of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain and brings the wind from his storehouses. Every man is stupid, devoid of knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols, for his molten images are deceitful, and there is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of mockery. In the time of their punishment, they will perish. The portion of Jacob is not like this, for the maker of all is he, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Amen. Amen. By doing this, we declare the lordship of Jesus into this air in Jesus' name. Amen. We declare the lordship of Jesus in this nation. Amen. And we say this earth, we experience the lordship of Jesus in our lifetime. Amen. Under our watch, it will experience the lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. We establish Jesus as king over this nation. Amen. Say amen like you believe it. Amen. We establish Jesus as king over this nation. Amen. We establish Jesus as king over our environment. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We say, reign Lord Jesus. Everybody say that. Reign, Lord say Jesus. one more time. Reign, Lord Jesus. Say one more time. Reign, Lord Jesus. One more time. 
For the last time, reign, Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Uh, before we take our seats, quickly, declaration of understanding in the same spirit. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. We're going to rise shortly to start praying. Jeremiah chapter 1. When Jeremiah chapter 10 here, so quickly just flip a few pages backwards to chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from verse 4. Saying, he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth because everywhere I send you, you shall go and all that I command you, you shall speak. He said, do not be afraid of them for I am with you to deliver you declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow. Then he said to build and to plant. Let me just read the next step, two verses. The word of the Lord came to me saying, What do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. He said, I see a rod of an almond tree. And the Lord said, Very good. What does that mean? I am watching over my word to perform it. Let me just back up slightly and, and put forth a word of explanation. He said to him, don't be afraid concerning the assignment I have placed in your hands. Don't think it's too great a thing for you to accomplish. Don't think you are too small to accomplish it. How are you going to do that? This is how it goes. And this is why you are not inadequate. Once you can go everywhere I send you, then you are fine. And when you get there, you will speak that which I command. That's all. He said, everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Then he said to him in verse 9, he said, okay, he said, the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. That's verse 9. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Now with these words, he was saying, I have appointed you to rule over nations. To declare my word over nations. And what will the words do? It will pluck up. It will break down. Remember, he said, I have appointed you to do these things. But before he did that, he put his words in his mouth. What he was saying is that this is a weapon with which you will do this. You will pluck up. You will break down. You will destroy and 
overthrow. And then you will build and you will plant. Jeremiah was going to do this. Jeremiah was going to bring an end to a great nation like Babylon. And how was he going to do it? He was going to read the word of prophecies that he gave over the city, over that nation. And at the end, he would declare, thus will Babylon go down and not rise again. That's, they told Sariah to do that one later. Okay, maybe we should read it again just to get everything in context quickly. Let's just read that, all right? That's in Jeremiah chapter 51. Verse 60, you know, if you read, I just, well, we scrolled beyond that just now. He, he, he gave a lot of prophecies, a lot of words concerning different nations. And there was a particular word he had for Babylon, all right? He had a particular word for Babylon as a nation, just in a few um, verses there. Preceding chapters, you will see what Jeremiah prophesied over Babylon. We are not going to read that now, okay? If I like, can try from 51. He said a lot of things there. But then what I want to bring out is what he said at the end of that. He said to Sariah, his, um, um, his secretary, kind of. He said to him that in verse um, 60, that's chapter 51 here, verse 59. Let's read from 59. The message with Jeremiah, the prophet, commanded Sariah, the son of Neriah. Verse 60, so Jeremiah wrote in a single scroll all the calamity which will come upon Babylon. Now, please, time will not allow us. He had different calamities. He had the one for Egypt. He had the one for Edom. He had the one for different um, um, kingdoms and different um, nations. But he wrote the one for Babylon, and he sent it to Babylon. He wrote in a single scroll all the calamity which will come upon Babylon, that is all these words which have been written concerning Babylon. Then Jeremiah said to Sariah, as soon as you come to Babylon, then see that you read all these words aloud. Please notice this. As soon as you come to Babylon, it was Sariah, see that you read all these words aloud. All right? And say, you, O Lord, please notice that prophetic words, they provoke to prayer. When God gives a word of prophecy, it becomes a prayer point in which we ask God to confirm. He said, you, O Lord, have promised concerning this place to cut it off so that there will be nothing dwelling in it, whether man or beast, but it will be a perpetual desolation. And as soon as you finish reading this scroll, you will tie a stone to it and throw it into the middle of the Euphrates and say, just so shall Babylon sink down and not rise again because of the calamity that I am going to bring upon her, and they will become exhausted. That was another prophetic word. It wasn't just praying. It was now uttering the word of prophecy because it said the calamity that I will bring upon her. Now, please, what I want to bring out from here again is a reminder. We've talked about it several times in the course of these teachings, is that the intercessor has... An assignment. Intercessor also has a weapon. That's all. Number one, what is the assignment? To bring forth God's purpose on the earth. That is the assignment. Then what is the weapon? Is the word of God on the lips of the prophet. That's why God gives us prophecies. They are not for admiration. They are for war. They are not poetic chants. They are weapons of war. And I've explained, of course, if we see what Jeremiah said here, 
If we read them from that uh, um, Jeremiah chapter 1 again, God said, I have appointed you this day over the nation. What you will do is that you will pluck up. I just want to go back there. He said, you will pluck up and you will break down. You will destroy and overthrow. Please notice this. The work of God, you know, I've said many times, let's not get, um, which word do I use now? I don't want to use the word sidetracked. I don't want to use the word. And the best word is let's not be deceived into thinking that everything God does is what people call good. It doesn't work like that. When God works a lot of times, it does not look good. I need to say that. When he's working many times, it does not look good. When Jeremiah was going to start working, his assignment was broken into six. Four of those assignments were negative in the eyes of people. It was supposed to pluck up. It was supposed to break down. It was to destroy and overthrow. Those were four things that Jeremiah was commanded to do. Then after that, Jeremiah will now build and plant. I hope you're getting my point. Now what I want to remind us of is that that is just the way it goes. We don't like the block up. We don't like the breakdown. We don't like the destroy. And most certainly we don't like the overthrow part. But that's just the way it works. God does not plant Israel in the promised land unless it takes the people there out. You will see what he said in, in that Psalm 75. He said, not from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south comes exaltation. He said, God is judged. What does he do? He pulls down one first and then lifts up another. God pulls people down. Did you hear what I said? God pulls people down. God pulls nations down. God pulls societies down. He does. Now, listen, that's just the way it is. Let's not make it look like, people. the way Christians sometimes like to think is that the devil pulls down, then God builds. I hope you're getting my point. It's the devil that pulls down, then God now builds. It is not true. Depending on the circumstances, God pulls people down. There are many calamities I've seen on this earth. It's calamity. The only thing I can say is this was God. And a quarter of a million people died. I'll say this is God. We are not saying it sounds nice. That's not what I'm trying to say. But God has what they call judgment. God has to judge a lot of times. And another thing I should remind us of is that sometimes certain blessings have to be preceded by judgment. I hope you're getting my point. Blessings often will be preceded by judgment. Talking to the minister of the gospel that day, and we're describing the situation in a particular family. And he told the people in the family that, listen, you guys want deliverance? Okay, I was telling the woman in the family. You want deliverance for your children, for the whole family? He said, I have to warn you ahead of time. This one is going to come at the cost. This doesn't sound nice. What I'm about to say. It will come at the cost of the life of the man of the house. Told them straight. So we can leave the deliverance. It is not compulsory. But if you want it by force, by force, it's the only thing. Now you now say, hey, does it mean a man must... No, if the man will come for the deliverance, I hope you're getting my point, and join them, he'll be spared. Yeah. Uh, do you get my point? No, he will be spared. We're not saying that God must kill him by force, by force. But the person speaking, being a prophet, has seen it. Saw the, saw the genesis of the problems. Saw the genesis of everything. And said, we can pray this thing to an end. The only thing is that it will have a cost. 
And this, 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 this is what it costs to be. We won't talk to anybody. We won't attack anybody. We just pray the word of God. But I know the word of God will kill this man. Why? He's the one that carried everybody by agreements and sacrifices and, you know, all these spiritual things into it. If I want to drag you out, I will have to eviscerate him. Not directly. You say, Pastor Mark, what is the solution to that kind of situation? It's simple. Tell the man himself to come out. Do you get my point? If he will stand and renounce all those covenants, if he will stand and give his life to Christ, if he will stand and say, let all things pass away, let me give up everything that I have gained from my participation in this group for the deliverance of my family. Yes, he will leave. Oh, yes, he will leave. But the family say, no, we don't, this man has bound us. We want to be free. Say, there's no problem. We'll pray everybody will be free. But please, nobody should call me tomorrow. <laughs> because this will be the cost. Yeah, there are times things like that happen. Notice our God is not a joking God, though. He's not Father Christmas. How do you get my point? You know what they call Father Christmas? Or you go and call him Santa Claus. I think the real word is Father Christmas. We call it Santa <laughs> But it's not Father Christmas that just hands out gifts. He's just. Many times we want deliverance. He says there's a cost. Now, like I told you, it's not as if Jesus did not pay. But sometimes, you know, when you want to... You know, he said when a, when a strong man guides is good, what happens is good, they are secure. He said when a stronger man comes, what's the first thing he does? He binds that man. So sometimes when people bind people, I hope you're getting my point, and they are, his goods are secure, God has to handle the strong man. Please let me repeat again, because I know some people are getting scared by what I've just explained. That strong man in this context, who's a human being, can come for deliverance too, and he'll be spared. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, that's it. And there are times when some people, some people will do some evil. I just know, I said, God will say, listen, the way I'm going to judge you and judge your children, the only way your children will prosper in life, they must change their name. Yes, God will tell some men, I want to wipe your name off. Your, your children will give their lives to Christ. He said, there's no problem. I will still bless them. But I won't change my mind concerning what I said about your name. I, I'm still, and he would, the children will go to church. They gave their lives to Christ. They will be praying. They will be fasting. They will be believing God. And God just said, that name you are bearing, I won't bless it. I hope you know names matter with God. Yes, it, it, they do. He said, the name you are bearing, I don't like it. People don't know that. If names do not matter, why did God bother to be changing? He met Abraham. He said, your name is no longer Abraham. Let's not call you Abraham. Peter. What was Peter's name before that? Simon. He gave him a new name. He does that. I'm convinced of this. Even though it's not written in the scriptures. Jabez. Jesus, the Lord changed his name. After that, I didn't call him Jabez. You think... You know, there are things that don't come out from the mouth of God. Because if he says them, you are doomed. If he looks at you and says, your name is Jabez, you can never prosper. You can You will never prosper. God will just avoid calling you Jabez. Because if he calls you Jabez, sorrow upon sorrow upon sorrow will be following you. That's why I'm convinced that when Jabez finished praying, God will say, bros, that rubbish name must change you. Time to pray. He said, who's there? He says, son of sorrow. 
You want to talk to me? You son of sorrow. They don't have son of God for you to call yourself a son of sorrow. Because they go back. Go, go and change your name and confess. That's what I'm convinced that when Jabez finished that prayer, God said, bro, re- revise that name. I hope you are getting my point. Now, I'm going to say something here. I digressed into that briefly, trying to emphasize the fact that deliverance sometimes comes at a cost. Do you get my point? And let's not forget, when God, now, this is the other side of it. When God wants to execute his judgment on the earth, he also requires people. See Jeremiah here. He said, go and prophesy. Jeremiah had to go and prophesy. His prophetic words will bring judgment upon Babylon. God does not play. If it was not necessary, he would not have told him to do it. I hope you're getting my point. God requires prophets in the land. Where many of us have missed it is to be prophesying our own will. Where the church often have missed it or has missed it is to be prophesying their own pain and anger rather than prophesying the word of God. I believe that we live in a time where doing the work of God is actually easier than ever before because the prophetic words have been documented for us. We have not been called to struggle. We have been called to prophesy. Do you get my point? That's how grace is activated. Let's bear that in mind. Like the reprints taught us, as a church, we are held responsible for everything that's going on around. If there's corruption in the nation, you know who's responsible? We are the ones responsible concerning corruption in the nation. If we don't do anything about it, nothing will be done. One of the reasons why it persists, two reasons. Number one, we are not directly tackling it in prayer. Number two, our prayers are ineffective because we ourselves are corrupt. I hope you are getting my point. That's just a problem. Corruption in the country. Whose fault is it? APC? PDP? Yeah, that day, I saw the former INEC chairman said they shouldn't vote for either APC or PDP. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good laugh. Your INEC boss, he said, don't vote for APC. Don't vote for PDP. I mean, why people will like that? So you see, they have told you not to vote for them. Everybody's always been one party. Now, nah, just by the way, let me talk some more politics. Nigeria, there's no parties in Nigeria. You get my point? We don't have political parties. We just have present arrangements for the grabbing of power. That's all. Yeah, that's all. So when I hear PDP saying the APC is fault, I say, it's the same people. We don't see the way they cross. They all wake up in the morning. <laughs> my wife, on what side did I wake up? Say, you were facing nuts. Say, okay, I'm moving to PDP. That's it. And those days were the funniest of them all. Four years ago, they had election. Mr. A was candidate for BDP. Mr. B was candidate for APC. Mr. B won. Four years later, chairman of APC fought with Mr. B. Had him disqualified. Mr. B moved, no, sorry, Mr. A first moved to APC, became the gubernatorial candidate. Mr. B moved to PDP and became their candidate. Then he won in PDP. <laughs> Will it be right for you to say Edo was ruled four years by APC and four years by PDP? It's a joke. Edo has been ruled by Godwin or Baseki. That's all we know. Whether he came under the platform of YPP, ANPP, UPN, NPN, ABGA, PDP, PRP. Notice I'm giving the political party of 1979. Oh, what are you talking about there? Yeah, those are the parties of 17. I have to show you how good that are you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the Lord is good. 
No, in Nigeria, no. The real political parties in other parts of the world, they are based on ideology. So when somebody says a Democrat in America, just the person is not normal. <laughs> like Barack Obama. <laughs> the person I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Republican. Just know the person is wicked. The racist. But believes the Bible. <laughs> but does not care about the poor. America is an interesting country. <laughs> you know, they shared iniquity. <laughs> no, they went to Sodom and Gomorrah and said, show us your iniquity. Sodom and Gomorrah looked and said, we're sexual perverts. It's okay. Democrats, hold that one. Would they sacrifice babies to Molech? Democrats, take that one. What else? We did not care about the poor. Republicans, hold that one. <laughs> we did not like foreigners. Republicans, hold that one. So when it's time, God will look like this. God will say, oh, which one do I do? <laughs> oh, Lord, politics, eh? You know, democracy is not the will of God. Democracy is just the current arrangement. The will of God is called theocracy. God ruling. Anyway, that's just by the way. How did we get there? Jenga, right? <laughs> so he said, don't vote for APC, don't vote for PDP, which to me has no meaning because it's the same people. It may as well say, don't go f- vote for the previous generation. Let's hope new parties will arise with new people that God has produced, maybe. All right? But you see, we are trying to lay blame, say this is um, APC is responsible for corruption, PDP is responsible for corruption. It doesn't work. Who's responsible for corruption in Nigeria? Please say it loud so Jesus will hear it. The church. The church. We are responsible. Why? Well, different ways, but most importantly, true neglect, true omission. It's a sin of omission, things we don't do. We don't directly say something. Now, when I say something about it, I don't mean in anger in which we are thinking of Buhari should have solved this problem. What did Jonathan do in his days? No. We are looking at it from a spiritual perspective. That's what I'm talking about. We don't directly address it knowing that we have the power. And you cannot, listen to me, handle that except your hands are clean. As a body, our hands need washing. Let me not say more than that. We need to be washed. And the foundation of our washing is doctrine. I hope I get my point. Yes, washing by what? The word. The washing is by the word. Washing is by the word. We have to preach what is true. We have to preach, practice what we are preaching. God cannot look at us and see us as a body of people that do not respect truth. That's a more valuable currency than money. It's more important than physical money. God cannot look at us and we worship mammon and we want, you know, to stop corruption in the nation. Those are the two things. One, our doctrines must align, at least major doctrines. And number two, we must never be worshippers of mammon. My understanding of spiritual things, that's the problem of Nigeria of today. Because Jesus said it like this, the light, the light of the, sorry, the eye is what? The light of the body. He now said, if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So Jesus said, you are the light of the world. So the only hope the world has is the people of God who are the light. He now said, if the light that is in you is operating in darkness, then the whole nation is in trouble. I hope you're getting my point. Just by the way, quickly, let me drop this. I want to really round this one so I can start de- making our declarations. I keep giving these suggestions. Hopefully somebody will take it one day and practice it. See the way we declare the word of God at the beginning? 
if you are a pastor of a big church, especially, can can pick this up, PFN can pick it up. Write scriptures that will take like two minutes to read out every Sunday against corruption in the body of Christ, against corruption in the lives of Christians, and then third, against corruption in the nation. And don't be nice. God draws the sword. I hope you're getting my point. Write it there clearly. These are the things that God will do. Okay, you don't even have to give details. Just say, whoa. Are you getting my point? Woe to him that wants a contract for his own benefit, not for the benefit of the nation. And the people will say, Amen. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the thief. Woe to him who inflates figures so as to get money for himself and steal from the government. And the people will say, Amen. Just say it like that every Sunday. You don't need more than that. Woe to him that steals his neighbor's money, steals in the market, or steals from the government and brings an offering to church. And the people will say, Amen. You know when you write woe like that? When you write woe, let me tell you the truth. (laughs) Mark my words. That's how the Lord behaves. If the church is bold enough to do what I'm saying, if the church is bold, can sit down. They can put me on the committee to help draft the woe. Every single one we pick from scripture, I won't say, I won't say anything. The, whoa, the judgment of God, the anger of God, the curse of the Lord. Those are the four words I will just use, or phrases. If the church will declare every Sunday, woe to him that steals another person's votes and gives to somebody else who did not earn it. And the people said, Amen. I am telling you, eh? Maximum two years, you won't recognize this country. Maximum two years. Maximum. I give you two years of consistently. Our churches, Catholics, so Anglicans, so they just write it down, declare blessings, declare woe. Just declare it over. It starts with the people, with the Christians, and then the nation. Two years maximum. Two years. First, you will see messages that will be so pure in church. Pastor will just be preaching the word of God like this. They will be preaching Jesus Christ. You wouldn't believe it. Jesus will say, uh-huh. When they hear Jesus on Sunday, Jesus will come inside. They will just arrive in his power. They will hear Jesus. Jesus is Lord. What else will you pray? Once I'm not chasing money, you'll be amazed at how clear the scripture is. He, the Bible is so clear once you're not chasing money. All these doctrines. Ask apostle. He knows. All these doctrines are manufactured for money's sake. Once you remove mammon, you'll be amazed at how righteousness is so clear in the scriptures. You'll be amazed at how holiness is just coming out of the pages easily. You'll be amazed. And if the church can together declare woe, just once a week, not even twice a week, just every Sunday service. If you have four services, then that's four services of declaration. Let me tell you why your brethren, our brethren do like to do it. Because the first Sunday offering is going down by 40%. Half of the money is stolen. You know what they call money laundering? Forget what they call money laundering. Laundering is literal washing. You take dirty money, soak it in detergent, clean it very well, hang it on the line. It's called money laundering. Now, there are different ways people do money laundering. I steal money and I open a shop. Are you getting my point? I'll not tell you that I'm a barber, that you have psychedelic way of barbing your hair. And the barber that's making one million a day. 
Whether whether angels and spirits are queuing up there to cut their hair, you don't know. Or each 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 barber they have seven hands to cut seven because when you see the turnover, that's one way. So by the end, after doing for some time, you saw the money passed through. It's one way of money. That's the cheap way of money laundering. I even heard these days that they even use offering for money laundering. Yes, they will come to church give offering. I don't know the one telling us the data. Then the pastor will now award contract. Ah, sit down there. Like, the okay doesn't know the amount of evil we're having to contend with society. They do money laundering through church. Because once it's offering, nobody, you know, government will just leave you alone. It's offering. But I only get the money out. Ah, smart now. That's a Kingdom World International Center. I give a contract for five billion. The guy has collected his money back. Of course, in that process, I collect, do I look like a move? I'm taking 20%. We all die together, doesn't matter, but let me chop first. <laughs> ah, this is, look at the way they are shocked. What do you think God has as a problem? You think it's APC? Because the handy headsman is not hard for me. If I withdraw the spirit like this, shoop, they expire. So these are the real problems I'm having to contend with. The original money laundering, that's what I'm talking about. You know, the real money laundering is a spiritual laundering. People, after they have stolen, the conscience not let them sleep. They come and give God his court. And then some pastors that God will soon destroy will now prophesy upon them. There are different ways to prophesy lies. As you are giving, you know what Adam Toshimori said that time? Once you join APC, your sins are what? Forgiven. We are laughing at Adam Toshimori, chairman of APC. We do it too. One man I was there, he said, this man, when he started his church, there were a lot of, a lot of cocaine pushers and four-one-nine boys in the church. But they gave and gave until they gave into salvation. I'm not telling you something somebody said somewhere. I was sitting down there in the congregation looking at the man like this. If it is today, I'm leaving. If it's today, as soon as he talk that kind of nonsense, I will pack my bag and I walk away. No, my, I need anointing on my head. Don't pollute it. That's real money laundering. Yes, it's not the one that the banks will not be able to trace, or EFC will not be able to trace, or FIRS will not be able to trace. That's not what I'm talking about. It's a spiritual thing. People will think they can give God something to claim the money. So I give God. Then the money is now clean. Which is a cut, of course, not the whole thing. So if I steal, let's say, 20 billion. I go around churches, share out like five. Yeah, they, they, they can be gen- generous. <laughs> when conscience won't let you sleep. You have to sleep now. And some of them are really interesting. They give to Christians and give to most. Yeah, that's how you know they don't believe anything. Anyone that will walk. I heard those that say, ah, this man, God is blessing him because of his giving. I've heard it. There's one particular man. They say he went to redemption camp. They said, I'm not saying, I'm not accusing redemption camp for that he bought diesel for a whole Holy Ghost night. That's how the same man went to Central Mosque somewhere, bought megaphone to shout prayer for two years. That's how they do. Because whichever God will forgive us. And now, you know, we pastors don't like to tell them the truth because if we do, they will take the money to another church. 
friend of mine happened to him in one of these West African countries. He was a missionary there. He preached so much against what the evil the boys were doing. Then he drove them away from his church. So they left his church and went to another church, not too far from him. He said, good, go. They built that other church in a few weeks. In a few months, they had built the church. Gave a lot of money. Built the church. Took good care of the pastor, everything. And the pastor said, hey, amen, praise God, he was preaching. So God sent the pastor to prison. Oh, you don't know how God behaves? The guy landed in jail. The country came one day, that's the authorities came one day, arrested him, locked him up, and put him inside prison. So the other man of God said, she, when you were chopping, when you were chopping, you want to know why we have not ended corruption? That's what I've just told you. Forget all our preaching and our anger. We like it. We do. If we can dislike it, if really, take the disorder we see in our environment. Do you know why it stays there? Most people like it like that. How you know is that when you tell them the cost of order, they don't want to pay it. Is the reason why I get the traffic lights. Everybody's breaking it. I just stay there. I'm showing God. Order matters to me. The, see, take my words, all right, as a word of God. The day the Christians in this nation says enough of something, it will stop. And not just enough by mouth. I, I hope I've explained it now. If when we truly say enough, because the love of money is a root of kidnapping, that's what the Bible says. The love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. We have all sorts of evil in Nigeria, and I can assure you, a major contributor to it is the love of money in the church of God. The day we truly say enough, we just say, is enough. It was me and you and Izu talking yesterday now. The kind of things we hear sometimes pastors say, my wife will say, don't they fear God? We tell the pastor, say, this thing you are doing is not good. He said, I know. This is the right thing. They are right. they, and he'll say to you like we say, oh, her. the right thing you are telling me to do, does it bring money? One of our brothers went to the pastor of their church and said, oh, God, this one you are doing. Listen, this is the word of God. The guy said, give me, okay, let me just make it, let me call it. He said, give me two million and I'll preach the word of God. If you don't give me the two million, I don't say anything. No, he told him straight. I'm not telling you something that happened 15 years ago. The guy said, oh, God, please, you know, the Bible says, leave that thing. You're telling me the Bible says, give me two million naira now. Let me solve these problems. Then we can be talking Bible says. Until I have my two million naira, please forget what the Bible says, though. You know, you, you, you ask yourself, wait, is Jesus alive or dead? I think he didn't, he didn't rise again from the dead. That's only, no, that must be our thought. Because somebody is telling you. So you're talking about this thing. Do you know how much money I need? You hear things like, look, I bet, forget that thing. I have bills to pay. We are saying, stop lying in the, with the word of God. Stop deceiving. No, the one that pains me most. When I was sending ministry to that, people said that, I start Sunday services. I said, why? He said, so they can collect tithes and offering. Let's forget what God said and what God did not say for a moment. All right? My own was that so I will gather people on Sunday for the purpose of collecting their money. Is that not wicked? How else do you describe wickedness? So when I say, hey, Brother John, we're not in church last Sunday. What I'm t- talking about is I didn't see your money. And I've seen pastors say it before. One pastor finished talking, talking, wrecking. People are not being consistent. You're not going to say, look, all this one, just send your check if you can't come. He said, if I'm seeing your money, I won't be talking like this. Yeah, that's what the man said. The man said, look, if I'm seeing all the money, I won't be talking like this. 
After talking about people are not coming to church, they are not doing this, they are not doing the work. They say, look, if you bring money, I won't be talking like this. We turn it to a joke. We, we normalize what is bad. Let's if you are looking for a cause of corruption, please leave worry alone. He, he, he doesn't know the meaning of corruption. The real corruption is spiritual. If you know the force of... Go and read um, this woman's book. What's her name? Um, no, not Dora. Okonjewel. Says it's dangerous to fight corruption. The woman said corruption fights back. Corruption. <laughs> Those who have tried to fight corruption, they have... Corruption is not a joke. It's a spirit. The reprints will explain to you that it has to have... That things like that, he was talking about the mafia. He said the kind of power the mafia has can only be explained by an evil spirit. He says spiritual wickedness in high places. That's the only explanation for the power the mafia has. That those kind of things, you don't contend with them with, like we say, ordinary eye. Corruption has, is a, it's not, it's not law. We have all the laws necessary in Nigeria. We have enough laws to catch the law itself. The time they were celebrating this man, what is his name? The former EFCC chairman. Ribadu. No, not even Ribadu. There's one man, I don't know his name. He told him, go and arrest somebody. They go to the person's house. The man put $5 million cash on the table, said, give me 24 hours, take the money. Do you hear what I said? He put cash, $5 million US dollars. Said, that money is yours, just go back to your office, tell them I'm not at home. I'm not telling you not to do your job. I just want to buy 24 hours from you for $5 million. If you have not given your life to Christ, <laughs> even Balaam, when Balaam saw the money, Balaam said, I'm coming. <laughs> say, Lord, what do you think? <laughs> the Lord said, take it. He said, thank you. Balaam said, God said, only. Balaam couldn't hear any other thing apart from take the money. What I'm telling you, it really happened. You think you are contending with ordinary, like we say, ordinary flesh and blood? With corruption in our country especially, you are contending with what the Bible calls spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Where do they get their power from? Our disobedience. That's my, that's my main message. Our disobedience. Our disrespect for the word of God. Our love of money. Let me say it again, what I was saying earlier. The day the church says, enough. What the church wants to do is to have peace in the midst of mammon worship. It doesn't work. So we we'll pray for peace, pray for peace. The consequences of our idolatry, we are praying against it without repenting of our idolatry. To the story of one man of God that he went and dabbled into these um, funny spiritual things to be getting power, you know. I saw one man the other day, I saw the video. I was showing it to, who was I showing it to? And we were just in my sitting room, and my wife was just, just yes, and I remember the video. It's of one man of God who was giving prophetic words, prophecy, prophecy. I, I said, listen, he's a fake preacher. He said, what? I said, did you notice they are hailing him? Papa, go deeper, prophesy, Papa, prophesy, my daddy, prophesy. I said, he's a fake pastor. That's how you know them. If you want to know a fake prophet, any prophet, you see them healing when his ministry is fake. 
Say, my father, you are forensic. Just know. <laughs> Just know he's not prophesying by the Spirit of God. He's prophesying by Baal. Tell you the truth. <laughs> Forget the fact that we are laughing. Every day I've told you the truth. So this man went and went to collect this Baalic spirit, spirit of divination, the Python spirit, to prophesy. As he began to prophesy, of course, no, they began to whisper to him, the spirits were talking to him. Do you know he was making a lot of money? The person telling me the story, the preacher, he came to this preacher for prayer, for deliverance. So the last meeting he came from, from Abuja, he came with three cars. One, you know, you go and preach in one service. People gave him three different cars. Except that the spirits were now, the, now this is what I'm telling the story. The spirits were running him, they, they were running his life. Can you imagine a pastor after preaching? Good night, man of God. He goes to the red light district to pick a harlot. Oh, yes. And he can't help it. It's an irresistible push. That was one reason he came to look for prayer. He was tired of the life. Now, what I'm going to is this answer I gave my friend. I said, please go and tell him this. As if he wants to keep the house he built with the money of divination, he's lying. That's, that's, what I, that's what I said the whole story. If you want to keep the house you built with divination money, forget it. If you want to keep those cars you got from the, with the divination, I expect Jesus to deliver you. He will not. I know him. He will not. I said, go and tell him if he wants deliverance. It's very simple. Park the cars in the compound. Buy, I don't think you need more than 100 liters. It's, it's too much, Abby. It's too much, sir. Okay, let's just manage 20 liters. Spray, mix, mix petrol and diesel. Petrol will start it. Diesel will sustain it. <laughs> mix petrol and diesel. Put trees all over. Put inside the cars. Put everywhere in the compound. Do it, do it, do it on Sunday afternoon. Most people have gone to church. Don't do it at night. If it's night, they quickly see the fire. Afternoon, you'll have burned to everybody notices. Then light the fire and go away. As, 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 as the thing is burning, the spirits will leave you. That was the message I sent to him. I'm not joking. I said, tell him to park the cars, park the house, everything. Don't sell it. We don't want that kind of money. Burn it. Burn it. Put the cars there. Put the house together. Light everything. Set them aflame. From a distance, watch. And as you see the flames rising up to heaven, you'll feel the spirits leaving you. They will. The only hold they have in your life is that you want to hold on to those things. They want us to be praying. Maybe praying stupid prayer. Praying nothing. I hope you heard what I said. If the church wants deliverance, that is how to, you have, we have to read ourselves. Get rid of the love of money. Then anything we bind. The day we are tired of what they call electoral practice, we just call the elders. We just write those prayers again. Send to all the churches. Prayer against electoral malpractices. Say, brethren, it's a six month project. Release this. At least once a month in all your assemblies. Which means none of your people can do it all. If you're a Christian judge, you sit on the electoral panel. Eh? Let me say this. If you're a Christian judge, you sit on electoral matter and they give you money you take. Sickness will almost kill you. That money will buy for you trouble, it will not buy you peace. I'm not happy. Don't worry. I'm warning somebody. But the amen is good, though. The amen is good. 
You're a Christian. You are sitting, in fact, you are a judge. You take money for any, whether it's electoral matter or anything matter. Once you take money and you're a Christian, you're dead meat. God will so punish you, you will say, God, what did I do? Because you want to understand, God takes the matter of judges seriously. Oh, he does. So when we are praying such prayer, Christians will know they can't do it. Oh, they will know. But you know why we have been afraid? Because we plan Thanksgiving and we want the crookedly elected people to give money. One man said something once. Was he ready to one of our brothers here? He said he knows that one particular man in Enugu, I know he's a fake prophet. He said, but if he gives me money, I will take you. Did you hear what I said? This guy is a pastor. And he was saying that he is not a fake prophet. That the fake prophet saw him one day and said, hey, daddy, in his mind, who's, my, who's, who's your daddy? Then he said, but if he brings money, I will take. I think I have, I have depressed you enough, Abby. Yes, I have. Because the kind of things some of you have heard today. Yeah, like, and I'll be praying against Boko Haram. I'm going to have more serious problems. <laughs> the church has the power. That's the one that make it. Now, let me give you another word. God wants to judge. Somebody say amen. amen. Yeah, he wants to judge. He wants to judge. He's, he's eager now to do all this cleansing. So you know what he said? Jeremiah, I've appointed you this day to go and pluck up, to break down, to destroy and overthrow. Then we'll begin to build and to plant. How is Jeremiah supposed to do all these things? It's simple. He said, I have put my words in your mouth. Go go there, verse 9. He said, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. That's it. I have put my words in your mouth. I have put my words in your mouth. What is our weapon? The word of God on our lips. That's all. I've been talking about this for some time, and this evening I want us to do it. Let's ask for our feet. But I'm going to take it step by step. It's the word of God on our lips. It's not prayer per se. What I'm ready to say is that we're not cooking up something to pray about. We just put the word of God out there. We use our mouth to release it. You know what we're going to do? With these words, please, listen to what we're doing now. Please follow me closely. This is the Spirit of God talking, all right? With these words we're going to release, this is what we're doing. We're ending the love of money in the body of Christ. I want to say amen to that. We are uprooting every line altar from the body of Christ. You know, we are held responsible for what we tolerate. You know that? Jesus said to the church, he said, you tolerate that woman, Jezebel. So we are saying, we are tired. I want you to say amen to this. Say, we are tired of lying. Amen. Yes. We are, just say amen. All I want is from you to amen. Lord, we are tired of lying in your name. Amen. We are tired of loving money. Amen. We are tired of twisting the word of God to raise money. Amen. We are tired of it. We are tired of it. We are tired. We will no longer tolerate it. We are tired of people discounting, you know, discount, what's that English? No, discounting the truth, yes. Discounting the truth and discarding the truth. Because it doesn't bring money. Lord, we are tired. It's not funny anymore to us. It's not funny. We accept it as our fault that corruption yet thrives in this nation. Yes, government many times, there have been sincere governments that try to fight it. Yet they will see corruption fight back. And I quoted the prince that the amount of power he uses to fight can only be explained by the spiritual force that's energizing it. 
were tired of being run by such a spiritual force. To be in an environment and a principality, a spiritual wickedness, you know, in heavenly places, one of those evil spirits, and will be controlling the affairs of our government and of our businesses and of our economy. It's not right. So we are saying to God, we are tired. That's what we are saying. By these words, we are about to start declaring. We are saying to the Lord, uproot wickedness out of the church. Because the real wickedness is the, is the wickedness we do to the word of God. Where doctrines are, you know, they are judged. Pastors judging doctrine by their accuracy, by how much money it brings. We say those things like a joke. Say, my man of God, they say, ha. Ah, the meeting was fantastic. Say, ah, the meeting was great. Yeah, it was great. And he says, so how much is the offering? It sounds like a joke. And we'll laugh. Say, <laughs> say, the meeting is not great unless the offering is great. Lord, we are saying, we are tired. Lord, we are tired. Amen. I said, Lord, we are tired. Amen. We are tired. Amen. Let's start by reading First Peter chapter 4 from verse 4, 17. Just, look, what we are doing, just reading the word of God. First Peter 4. We are going to start from verse... Um, Let's just start from verse, um, start from verse seven, from verse uh, fifteen. All right. If you are there, say amen. amen. If you are not there, say please wait for me. All right. Wait for a few more seconds. The first epistle of Peter, chapter four. Let's read from verse fifteen to verse seventeen. Are you there? All right. Now let's go one two. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer, or thief, or evil doer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in his name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Today, that gospel is fulfilled. It is time, he says, for judgment to begin with the household of God. Father God, do it in this generation in Jesus' name. Amen. Do it in this season in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let your judgment begin to uproot evil out of the house of God. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, uproot every lying altar. Amen. Say amen. amen. Uproot every divisive altar. Amen. Uproot the altars of mammon. Uproot altars that are lifted up in the places from where people preach. And what they preach is the love of money. Amen. Lord, we are tired of it. We say, uproot it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Read verse 17 again. Now, like you say, for now is the time. We are turning it now to prophesy into this season. One to let's go. For now is the time for judgment to begin with the household of God. Read that again. For now is the time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And that will happen in the name of Jesus. Amen. This judgment is for purifying his people. That's all. We are speaking against every spirit, every bow, every molech, every asteroid, whatever be the name of the spirit, every mammon that has been exalted in the body of Christ. This is the time of your judgment. Amen. And the time of your judgment, you will disappear from the surface of this earth. You will disappear from under the heavens. Amen. Those false gods will no longer hold sway in the body of Christ. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray a prayer of mercy for a moment. Lord, lead ignorant people into truth. Amen. Pray that. Pray that. I'll give you 30 seconds. Just say, Lord, those who do not know, lead them into truth. Because some people don't understand. There are those who think that that's all there is. 
Let them be marked and spared judgment, but let repentance come into their hearts. Is what the Lord wants to do. Is the scriptures? It's not me. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Lord, our prayer, Lord, is that those who are ignorant, you will have mercy upon them. Amen. Lord, all of us, we're not pointing fingers at anybody. As a group, Lord, let us come to you with repentance. Amen. There was a time God said he was going to judge Nineveh. You know, they came with repentance and they suspended the judgment. That's what we desire. But whatever it is, truth must prevail. Amen. Truth, God will not spare truth because of kindness. No, he doesn't. Psalm 50, quickly, open your Bibles. We are in the whole of the 50th Psalm. That is our assignment. Please, Christians, if you are following us online, wherever, or you are here physically, remember, please take these things home and do them in your house also. Take these things home and do them in your homes also. Enough of praying for food. You know what Jesus said? Seek first the kingdom of God. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness. What will happen to them? They shall be filled. Filled with what? All other things. Let your hunger and your thirst be for righteousness. When you want to pray, that should be the paramount thing. This is not God. This year is my year of buying a new car. It's unnecessary. I'm not saying don't have a desire, but that should not be a prayer point of a, on a daily basis. You said it last year, didn't you? He heard you that time. I'm just telling you, he heard you. He heard no need harassing him again, again, again about it. What you need to do is to pray this kind of prayer. Say, Lord, this church I'm going to. I heard our pastor has invited, you know, there are people you know, once they are, I used to go to one church, those days, one woman entered the church. He saw the guest minister. You know what he did? She went back to her bag, to her car, locked her car inside, her bag inside, and came back to church with only the Bible. He said, what happens here? See that guy for there? He's the minister for the day. Your, my bag is not safe. Because um, this really happened. I can tell you the name of the person. And I, I remember the preacher. I remember the woman. So it's not a story of, uh, I know the preacher's name. I remember the woman. Still saw her on her friend's uh, DP recently. I think it was her birthday or something. She just entered church. Just see the guy say, eh? <laughs> ha. Now I quickly go back to her car. Open the boot. Put her back inside. Lock and say, I'm safer with a thief outside. than this my guy here. So there are times you see people like that. It's coming to your church. Say, Father God, he's coming. Say, Lord, he will not come. You, no, you just kneel down at home. Father, in the name of Jesus, he won't come. And if for any reason he comes, then he has repented. Take care of his mouth. Guard it. When he wants to start lying, close it. That is, Father, in the name of Jesus, he's not coming. That's what it means to hunger and what? Test for righteousness. God will solve other problems for you. God will solve other problems for you. Psalm 50. We are reading from the beginning to the end. Then we'll highlight some points. Are you there? One to let's go. The mighty one God, the Lord has spoken and summoned the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God has shown forth. May our God come and not keep silence. Fire devours before him, and it is very tempestuous around him. He summons the heavens above and the earth to judge his people. Gather my godly ones to me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. 
And the heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Just with their place. Notice this. When he said, gather my godly ones to me. He was, this is a prophetic psalm, you understand. He was guarding the believers. He said, they have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. It doesn't mean that they are offerings. Christians sometimes preach that when you give an offering, you are making a covenant with God. There's nothing like that. The covenant with God is your life given to Christ. It's a covenant of blood. It's not a covenant of cash. I hope I get my point. It's a covenant of blood, not a covenant of cash. It is when you give your life to Christ. That is why when you eat the blood, you eat the bread and drink the blood. That is the covenant. I hope I get my point. All right? So it now says, gather them for me. The heavens declare God's righteousness. He said God himself is judge. And that's over his people. So Lord, we are declaring you judge over your people. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now let's verse 7. Continue. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I do not reprove you for your sacrifice, and your burnt offerings are continually before me. I take no young bulls out of your house, nor male goats out of your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountains, and everything that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all it contains. Shall I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of male goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I shall rescue you and you will honor me. Verse 16 says, now please notice it. We are going to come from verse 16. He's still talking to his people. When he said the wicked, he's not talking to unbelievers. He was talking to the wicked amongst his people. And that's where our emphasis is right now. Verse 16. Now declare this was into the air. One to let's go. But to the wicked, God says, What right have you to tell of my statutes and take my covenant in your mouth? For you hate discipline and you cast my words behind you. When you see a thief, you are pleased with him and you associate with adulterers. You let your mouth loose in evil and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done, and I kept silence. You thought I was just like you. I will reprove you and state the case in order before your eyes. Continue 22. Now consider consider this. You will forget God, or I will tear you in pieces, and there will be none to deliver. He who offers his sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me, and to him who orders his way I write, I will show the salvation of God. I hope you are following this. When he talks about the wicked, he's speaking to Christians. Now, can I add this one? This is my persuasion. Especially those who preach. Especially those who stand in the front of the people of God and utter his word, supposedly. He says this, listen to this. He said, now consider this, you who forget God. I'm giving people listen to me the word of God. For I will tear, or I will tear you in pieces and there will be no one to deliver. That's what God is saying. He's sounding his warning to his people. He said, those who forget God. Notice what he said earlier. There's one portion we read just now, verse 17. Let me just start from 16. But to the wicked God says, what right have you to tell of my statutes and take my covenant in your mouth? For you hate discipline. What's the next line? And you cast my words behind you. Is that not what we were talking about earlier? 
The Lord will arise and he will tear every stubborn one in pieces. I'm sorry, I don't like it. I just have to read it. I cannot restrain from saying it. The warning has to go out. This warning is going into the air. You know, oh, okay. I got a video today. One pastor somewhere in Asia was shouting this loud. To the pastors in Africa, thus says the Lord. To the pastors in Africa, how they have brought lies into the church. How they have brought idolatry. I will show you the video after now. And he was weeping and shouting. After he finished prophesying to the pastors in Africa, they now turned to the church in his nation and began to prophesy. I agree with what he said 100% because is that not the same spirit? You see, so that you know that it's not me that is talking. There's a cry of the spirit of God. This man was shouting from somewhere in Asia. He said, pastors in Africa, listen to the word of God. This is the very thing he was addressing. I saw the video today. Consider this, you who forget God. Or he will tear you in pieces and there will be none to deliver. What is he angry with? He said, you hate discipline. People hate truth. But listen to me, if you're a pastor. Now, let me tell you, what's your issue with pastor? You ask me, Pastor Bank, what's your problem with pastors? First, it's not personal. It's not me. I'm giving the spirit of God. But what is his issue? It's simple because they are the ones that lead the people. That's why. Can I can give you a prophecy? In the end of 59. See, the Lord told that by the end of 1965, that the man who stands at the, in the forefront of the prophetic ministry in the United States, in the world of that time, not just in the United States, said, I'm going to remove him. What was the reason? He said, leading the body astray. I was reading the man's book yesterday, the story of his book. Powerful. 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 Full of the anointing. But the Lord said, he is leading the people astray. End of 65. A drunken driver ran into his car and killed him. There are no accidents in this life. See, let me tell you the truth. Say, Pastor Mark, what about you? What about me too? Every day, a prayer I pray. I'm just teaching preachers so that they will understand it. He said, Lord, please don't let me lie to people. Don't let me preach that which I don't believe. Please. Don't let me preach my anger. Don't let me preach my own personal pain. Lord, please don't, don't let me preach for my own gain. My class was joking today. Somebody said, it's, there was an issue. Somebody now said that. And I said, Banky, what do you have to say? And that person said, if you, are, you want answers, you are asking the wrong person. He said, you are asking Banky this one. He said, you didn't tell that Banky does not collect it. <laughs> he said, which kind of pastor is that one? Is that a real pastor? He's not a real pastor. How can I not collect it? I'm, I'm not joking. They say, he's not a real pastor. Real pastor. And they were mocking. You know, oh, it's so painful. He'd be laughing at us. One guy said, hey, are you serious? Where is his church membership form? Please send me one. I want to join. <laughs> and that's why I said, forget it. I said, no, he's not a real pastor. If he's not, that is, you know what they're trying to say? No, he's not So where is he going to get money from? That's the gist. Ah, so how, how, how is he managing? Because as far as they are concerned, that is the cuckoo. These guys enter into ministry to collect their own portion. So I say to the Lord, please, let me not preach that which will benefit me. I even say to the Lord, let me not preach. This is what I want to say. It's very important. Let me not preach that which will benefit kingdom or the ministries. You say, okay, you're not the one taking the money. But for the ministry, God, I don't even want to preach anything for the benefit of kingdom word. 
Let me speak only the truth. Yes. If you are a preacher, that's how you will preach. If you go and twist your message because of what you will collect, bros, you are looking for trouble. It's called forgetting God. And God said he will tear you in pieces. This warning will go out. It's going out into the spirit. We're not just, listen, it's not, let me explain something to you. This way, this way this thing works. It's not just those we are talking to directly. There's a spirit we are releasing to the air. We are saying to God, we are tired of the status quo. We are tired. We are tired in which people will say, they've gone to church. They say, ah, that's where the pastor makes money from. He, it's not good. There are times I've invited people for, you know, come and hear the, the teaching of the word of God. And I see their reaction. They think I'm looking for members. You see, it's the reaction that is the number we are trying to count. I see their reaction in my mind. No, I'm inviting you for to come and hear the word because it will be nice for me to claim to know you for this length of time. And you're not even aware that I teach the word and you can be blessed by it. I said, that's just my motive. If you come once, two, three times and you don't like it, and you stop. There's no fight. One of our brothers here is not around. One day he saw me in, in the mall with my wife. He knows my wife very well, but he didn't know me at all. In fact, he didn't know me at all, at all. So he just reset my wife, so my wife now introduced him to me. So let's make a long story short. One day, somebody dragged him, not my wife, somebody dragged him to Kingdom World. He heard me preach once. He went and told my wife, you are very wicked. <laughs> he said, Madam, I thought you were my friend. I didn't know you were this kind of person. I said, what, what did I do? She said, you mean say your husband did dish out this guy? From that time till now. They got, it's only because he's not in time. When he's not in time, he doesn't see him. I don't think he's around now. He felt very bad. He said, madam, I've known you all these years. Okay, when did your husband start preaching? Ah, I want to look at it. When did he start preaching? So he has been preaching all this way that me and you have known each other. You've been selling things to me. I've been buying things from you. <laughs> and you couldn't drag me here one day. Let me leave the gist there. Because my wife and I explained to him, look, there's a reason why I could not. You know, it's a long story. I was not know what I'm talking about. Basically, I don't want to cause quarrel. So now you take your leg, come here. Uh-huh. You won't say I'm the one that dragged you. That's why I invite people sometimes. But some people, they think that you are looking for, you are looking for members so that you can collect more offerings. Pastors, listen to this. If you are like that, the time is over. Somebody say amen. amen. The church will be known again for the, as a place of truth. Amen. Now we're releasing that into the air. We're telling God we are tired. Somebody say we are tired. We are tired, we are tired of lies. We are tired of yes, we are tired of mammon. We, are tired of mammon. we, desire, truth. we desire truth. Everywhere the people of God gather. Truth will prevail there. The Holy Spirit will prevail there. Jesus will magnify there. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's open quickly Psalm 45. Psalm 45. Like I said, look, that is how prayer is. It's just the word of God on our lips. Psalm 45. Just the word of God on our lips. He uproots. He plucks up. He overthrows. He pulls down. We're going to read three verses. Like four verses. Or five. Okay. Five. From three. So seven, are you there? Release it into the air. That's what we are doing. Releasing the word of God into the air. The spirit will ride upon these words and do the will of God in our environment. If you are there, say amen. Amen. 
Alright, from verse 3 to verse 7, let's read together. One, two, let's go. Guard your sword on your thigh, O mighty one, in your splendor and your majesty. And your majesty ride on victoriously for the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness. Let your right hand teach you awesome things. Your arrows are sharp. The peoples fall under you. Your arrows are in the heart of the king's enemies. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy above your fellows. Amen. Amen. That's what Jesus will do. He will arise and defend truth. He said, guard your sword on your thigh, almighty one, in your splendor and your majesty. Ride down victoriously, he says, for the cause of truth. Truth will prevail. Somebody say amen. Amen. Sound doctrine will prevail. Lies will collapse in the body of Christ. Because Jesus will ride to defend righteousness. Because the Lord Jesus, the man of war, the Lord of hosts, is going to ride to defend truth and meekness. And uprightness Amen. and righteousness. Amen. And his right hand will do awesome things Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I say his right hand will do awesome things. Amen. In the defense of truth, his right hand will do awesome things. Amen. In the defense of righteousness, his right hand will do awesome things. Amen. In the defense of meekness, his right hand will do awesome things. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Jesus will write and break down every altar of lies. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, just by the way, you are praying, you are saying amen. You will start seeing. Oh. That's all I need to say. Please tell every pastor that you know. Say, uh, it's a season of repentance. Is it from what? Say from lying. Tell them it's a season of repentance. Say from what? Say from the love of money. Be bold about it. Be bold about it. There is a season of repentance. They say from what? They say from focusing on the building rather than the Christ. Say it's a season of repentance from fear of man rather than fear of God. It's a season of repentance for trying to build a denomination rather than to trying to build Christ. It's a season of repentance from trying to focus on building my ministry rather than building the body of Christ. It's a season of repentance because the Lord, the Lord of the body, the head of the body, the Lord of hosts is going to arise and defend truth. Anyone that does not repent, he will tear to pieces. That's what the Spirit of God is saying. One major problem we've had is this lack of the fear of God. When we want to preach, we say fear of God. You don't fear God like you fear a rattlesnake. You know what I say? Fear him more than you fear a rattlesnake. You know why? Jesus said a rattlesnake can only kill the flesh. That's it. They say it's reverence. I say, what's the meaning of reverence? If you reverence me and you disobey me, <laughs> what does that mean? Say when they're just worshiping God. I've seen people sitting there like, oh, when I'm just worshipping, I'm just lost in his presence. Lie, the person can lie. You know, you just finish from his presence. That is, tell the person what time of the day it is. We tell you 2 o'clock. You have to be sure it's afternoon, not midnight. I say, well, I'm in his presence. I just get lost in worship. I just get lost in worship. I just get lost in worship. I'm looking at the worshiper. Only worshiper. Worshiper that cannot tell the truth. Not that reverence, fear is, it's not reverence. You know what the meaning of fear? I'll give you the English word for fear. It's fear. He said, no, fear does, I said, why did the Bible say, let him be your dread? Okay, explain that one away. 
Is that not what he said? Let him be what? Your dread. He said, fear doesn't mean, bros, let me tell you what meaning of fear. It means be, be, with, that is, oh, be scared to disobey him. Be scared to flout his instructions. Be afraid of living in a manner that's not pleasing to him. Know that his judgment will come upon those that scorn his counsel. That's the meaning of fear. Fear does not mean the rest of I raise my hand in the fear of God. And God said, what does it mean? If you drop your hand, what will happen? If Moses were to say, I raise my hand in the fear of God because Israel is in battle, he will understand. Because if I drop my hand, Joshua is dead. His soldiers are dead. You see adulterers telling you that they reverence God. You don't reverence him. Fear means to be afraid to offend. Fear means that when he says something, I fear to do the opposite. Fear means that when I say Bathsheba, I say Bathsheba, I know the experience of David. Listen, Bathsheba, let me just tell you. You are a fine girl. I know. In fact, I saw you bathing. But let me tell you my problem now. I've heard the story of Amnon. I've heard the story of Tamar. I've heard the story of Absalom. Hmm. I know the kind of thing David went through because of what? So, so, Madam Bathsheba, please wear your cloth. God will bless you. <laughs> that is the meaning of fear. One major thing people don't understand. Let me tell you the truth. Don't plan on repenting. What did I say? I don't know whether I get my point. Let me explain. There are two things. If you are supposed to repent for something, repent now. But what I was actually saying is this. Don't say, when we do it, finish. We will tell God sorry. But I think you should do that once in your life. So that you won't do it again. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? And you do when God squeeze you like this. You will, you will not repent of that thought. He will punish you for that thing you did, but it will make you repent of that thinking process. Don't plan. Say, look, when we finish this, if I let me just tell Christians, now this word is going out expressly in this season. Don't steal money and come and share it. Say, God, all we defrauded that white man off is just a $500,000. So, Pastor Bank is a man of God. We'll sow into his ministry. God is looking at you like this. Okay, that 10% is not enough. Okay. I heard that Pastor Kumite is doing word versus word. We'll sow another 10%. God is looking at this like this. Is that not enough? Okay. He'll be sharing the money. God is looking at you. He said, before I open my eyes, go and report yourself to EFCC. So what did you say? No, I want you to go to jail. Say, so if you report yourself, you've been in jail for five years. But if I report you 15 years, don't, don't try me. Ah, say, Lord. But I give Okimote 10% of $50,000. Because Okimote won't collect the money. Don't worry. I warned him. I, I showed him in a dream yesterday that, that $50,000 is coming today. And when he comes, he must curse the owner <laughs> or the bringer. So in case you think I'm joking, go and give him first. And the just asleep, just $50,000, and behind it is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> so when he wakes up, he said, Tokwe, what was that? Is that your branch? Tokwe <laughs> said, what happened for my branch? He said, I saw $50,000 being carried by Satan. Ah. So you go sit in his office, then you will not come. Good morning, sir. The Lord laid upon my heart. As you read that, he said, ah, devil, in the name of Jesus, out, out. 
When they approached the young man, the young man will say, okay. So God said, you know what I said the first time? Go to EFCC. Report yourself. Launch that money in CBN. Tell them the owner of the money. They will, you will plead guilty. They will sentence to five years imprisonment. If I make them find, you have 24 hours. By the following day, yes, will come and look for you by them. And if they arrest you by themselves, 15 years non-stop. Let me just advise you. If you are the one, eh? Go and buy a Bible. Hold it. When you get to FCC, please, I know you are going to arrest me, but can I hold this thing? Because this is your companion for the next five years. You know when you are ready like that, I'm not promising God will do this one. I'm not promising. I'm just giving an idea. If you do that, one of the things he does, when he sees that you really are serious, the judge will give you five years imprisonment and suspend three of it. Say, so go to jail for two years. But that jail, you are going. You are going. You are going. You are going. Forget that thing. No, no, Pastor Bag, I'm not forgiving you. Forgive that thing. Because you dared go. You know there are things you don't do. You know why? Because you dared him. You told him when you have finished today the money, you will give him his cut. God said, no problem. Bring it. Let's share it. I'm, I'll be the one sharing. This is your portion. 15 years imprisonment. <laughs> $500,000 to the owner. Go and return it. God will even use it to get glory for the country. But they will call the man and say, please, how do we wire your money back? The man will say, from Nigeria? He will invest $50 million. <laughs> if you are a thief, stop stealing. The Lord will catch you and send you to prison if you don't stop. If you're a Christian, you're going to be there for a long time. If you try to bribe a policeman, he will add it to the charge. Attempt, you know, attempted bribery of a public officer. They will add it to it. God said, this one, I will not agree. I hope you get my point. That my children must repent. They must repent. And any pastor that's, you know, <laughs> for those of you, now, I don't know whether that policeman did anything, you no. Know. It's an allegation. But I just want pastors to know, you are next. Did you hear what I said? Those who know what I'm saying, they know what I'm saying. Any pastor that's opened his pulpit for thieves to come and be doing spiritual money laundry there, you will go to their jail. Don't bother saying amen, you are not one of them. The people, they have said amen themselves by their actions. Anyone who opens his pulpit wide, for spiritual money laundering, the law will distribute the judgment across board, and you will collect the majority share. Why? You are the light that was supposed to shine in their darkness. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Let's continue declaring the word of God. Oh, let's see what's going to happen to the church after God has done all of these things. Quickly, Isaiah chapter 11. This is what the church is going to be like. This is what the church of God is going to be like. This is what the church of God is going to be like. Now, this is speaking of Christ, but of course, we are the body of whom? We are the body of Christ. So, we are prophesying over the church of God. If you are there, say amen. amen. We are going to read all the way down to verse 10. It's a beautiful one. One to let's go. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Please wait. That hymn is the body of Christ. Because it's prophesying about Christ Jesus, and we are what? His body. The head has gone up to heaven, to the right hand of the Father. We are the extension of the head. We are the body on the earth. 
So when he says him, he's talking about the church. Now, thus says the Lord, this will be the outcome of these activities. One, two, let's go. Verse, verse two again. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and strength. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he will judge the poor, and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Also righteousness will be the belt about his loins, and faithfulness the belt about his waist. And the wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and the little boy will lead them. Also the cow and the bear will graze, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox, the nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra, and the winged child will put his hand on the wiper's den. They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Verse 10. Then in that day the nations will resort to the root of Jesse, who will stand as a signal for the peoples, and his resting place will be glorious. Ooh. This will happen in the name of Jesus. Amen. I said this will happen in the name of Jesus. Amen. The church will be glorious. Amen. There was a time we thought the glory of the church would be the amount of money we will have. Did you hear messages like that at a particular point in time? Yes, there was a time. Yes, the church can prosper. There's no problem with that. But that's not the real glory of the church. I hope you getting my point. The church can prosper. But what did I say? No, that's not the real glory. The real glory of the church is righteousness. The real glory of the church, listen to this, is solution, provision in the midst of calamity, in the midst of adversity. That No, show me your whole Bible where the glory that God got at the time was how much money he had. I hope you're getting my point. God puts wealth on people. I'm not saying he did not. He made Solomon very, very rich. He blessed Jabez. He blessed Abraham. But what was the real thing about those people? What happened to Daniel? Can we find the, you know, so Joseph? Can we find one as what? Wise. As discreet as you are. That's what Pharaoh said. Daniel saying in him is the spirit of the holy gods. Wisdom, understanding, insight was found in him. Wisdom like that of the gods. That was the wisdom. The Solomon, was it the wealth that was the thing that distinguished him? It was wisdom. It was wisdom. People used to gather to hear what he had to say. I hope you are getting my point. The church will be glorious again. Somebody say amen. The church will be glorious again. Let me tell you what we mean by glory. It's not how much money. It's not the cars we drive or the planes we fly. That's not the glory of the church. The glory of the church is that I, I have a business. I need to employ people that I can trust, I'll go to church. I hope you're getting my point. A young man says he wants to get married. So somebody I know very well, but I know the lady. They just say, where she from? They just mentioned the church. I hope you're getting my point. Ah, I know she must be a good person. That's the real glory of the church. The glory of the church is that, ah, I'm going to see that particular doctor. Say, eh, okay. He says, he's a Christian. Ah, he's a Christian. Then you can rest. That's the glory of the church. It's not as if when our pastors are coming, they wear the finest suits. Mafia dons can wear the finest suits. It's not the clothes. Clothes are for sale. Suits are for sale. 
I hope you know, Christians don't drive the finest cars in the world. You know who drives them? The person that has money. I'm telling you. Every time I read the story of Hush Puppy, in BBC, everywhere, it's always, they don't, they call him the Nigeria Instagram celebrity that was known for, and they all, they don't even, those people that are wicked, they should show him inside prison cloth. They don't show him inside prison cloth. They show him inside, you know, in front of his Bentleys. They will tell you how much he bought a wristwatch after stealing five million dollars from somebody. He bought a watch for two fifty thousand dollars, and they did. And then the thing was on Instagram the next day. The glory of the church is not those things. Let me tell you, the glory of the church will be known for solving problems. Amen. Say amen. amen. They will know when doctors are tired. They send patients to us. Yes, that ah. That the doctors will look and say, this case is bad. Have you gone to church? Say, I've not yet gone. He say, well, maybe you should go to church. If the pastors pray, something will happen. That's the glory of the church. The glory of the church is that when problems come upon the nation, they have tried everything. Headsmen attack. They say, please, call those Christians. They usually have things to, do, to, you know, to tell us. What's the glory of the church? Somebody will pick a phone one day. Please, can I talk to the head of Nigeria Army? And give them the, you know, you know the, is it Elisha or Elijah now? Elisha. The Elisha anointing. Say, this is where they have gathered. So you have a drone, I don't have a drone. The Lord told me, they've camped between here and there. This is the number of weapons they have. This is the number of men they have. Take three times this number of men and use these weapons. Tell, you tell them. Say, oh boy, how did you know? Say, don't worry, just do what I have said. And they finish doing it. Then you call them and say, hey, they, and this, everybody will pass out. What did you say? Before they, you don't know, before people, they move for any operation, they will call you and say, Pastor, please pray. Why? We heard that bandits have gathered here. Our men are going. Pray that we'll go and come back safely. That is the glory of the church. Please, let's prophesy that glory over that church again. I feel like we should read that one more time. From verse 2. Remember, him is who? The church. Him is who? Yeah, that's the church. That's the body of Christ. Say it like that. Him is who? The body of Christ. Him is who? Let's prophesy upon the body of Christ. This is what the Lord will do for her. One, two, let's go. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and strength. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. Just a moment. You know what this means? He won't read newspapers to make a decision concerning Nigerian politics. You know, we, talk, we, we talked about that the other time. That as believers, we see from what? Above, not from beneath. We see the counsel of God, the, the mind of God in the midst of everything. When they say divide the country, we'll say, okay, wait. Let's go and pray. If God says divide it, you say, Lord, how? We'll bring the wisdom back. But if God says no, tell everybody. Whether you like it or not, it stays as one. And everyone who goes against God, you will bulldoze him out of the way. You are not talking to the German, no? You have not talked to the Ibibio man. You have not talked to the Ibo man. You have not talked to the Hausa man. You have not talked to the Fulani man. You have not talked to anybody. You talk to God. You know why? The kingdoms belong to him. I hope you're getting my point. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So you talk to the owner. Let's read that again. Verse 3. And they will delight in the fear of the Lord. And they will not judge by what his eyes see. Nor make a decision by what his ears hear. For... 
but with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Also righteousness will be the belt about his loins and faithfulness the belt about his waist. Please wait. I want us to prophesy this number five, this verse five again and again. As you are prophesying, just be thinking of the church of God in this nation. Want to let's go? Righteousness will be the belt about his loins, and faithfulness the belt about his waist. One more time. Righteousness will be the belt about his loins, and faithfulness the belt about his waist. The last time. Righteousness will be the belt about his loins, and faithfulness the belt about his waist. Continue reading. And the wolf will dwell with the lamb, and leopard will lie down with the young goat. Wait. And the headsman will dwell with the farmer. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. And the traveler will travel safely on the road. Amen. The traveler will reach his destination in peace. Amen. And Boko Haram will vanish from the land. Amen. And the farmers in those areas will return back to their villages. Amen. And the refugee camps will become empty. And peace will reign in every village in the northeast, northwest, southeast, southwest, north central, south, south, every corner of the nation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Verse 7. It says also, the cow and the bear will graze. Their young will lie down together. And the lamb will eat straw like the ox. Listen, kidnapper will go and find work. Yes, no. Sometimes when I look at these kidnappers, you know, the one that kidnapped uh, uh, the wife of a commissioner in Benue State. I see what kind of mad. The young men are just wasting their lives. Police came, shot, shot, shot everybody, rescued the woman, and demolished the house. I hope the house is not rented. All of these things will be things of the past. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The church will be the light indeed. It will be the salt of the earth indeed. Amen. Therefore, all these things will be things of the past. Amen. The thief will go and find work. Amen. That's what he's saying here. Yes, the lion will eat straw like the ox. Instead of tearing, you know what that lion here represents? A man, you know, the ox eats grass and builds muscle. Lion tears it and eats the muscle. Is that good? He's a lion. You two go and do your own work. I shouldn't go, finish my work, put my money in an account, then you hack it and transfer my money out. If you try that one, better repent or God punish you. It's one of two things. I don't get it for there's no third one. You can't just chop my money and you'll be prospering. If you're a thief and you steal my money or the money of anybody listening to me, poverty is your portion. Amen. Se- severe poverty. Amen. Not small poverty. You know, there are different kinds of poverty. There's poverty in which you just are hungry. There's poverty in which when you find the food, you'll be too hungry to eat it. There's a kind of poverty that they will be using you to test stories. When boys are turning 13, their father will hold their hand and walk by your house. Say, look to the right. Don't, don't look too much. Don't look too much. That man used to drive a Bentley. We saw him spray money. He said, he went to Oba to go and spray money. He joined them. He went to go. The one we're not concerned about. He said, my son, just be looking. Now. Look at him now. He's not only poor, he's sick. So you see that that house doesn't have window on this side. He sold the glass. Yes. It's called the leprosy of Gehazi. The Lord is good. Anyway, this is what will happen. The church will see it, the nation will see it. The cow and the bear will grace. Yes? 
The headsmen and the farmers will live side by side. And there will be no trouble. Every man will know his own boundary. And there will be no need for conflict. In the name of Jesus Christ. And there will be peace round about. People will prosper in their businesses. Verse 9, together. They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Verse 10. Then in that day, the nations will resort to the root of Jesse, who will stand as a signal for the peoples, and his resting place will be glorious. That is a portion of the body of Christ in this nation. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Everywhere we gather, it will be glorious. Amen. People will come there. Nations will come to come and get direction. Amen. Yes, they will come to get direction. Amen. They will resort to the root of Jesse. That is, they will come to the church to come and say, Help us. After they are finished locking down, locking down, locking down. They say, guys, what do we do about coronavirus? We'll give them the word of God. That, somebody say, that's the glory of the church. Say that. That's the glory of the church. Say it again. That's the glory of the church. That church will yet be glorious in Jesus' name. Amen. I said that church will yet be glorious in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Quickly open to Isaiah chapter 2. This is what God will do in his church. Remember, we have uprooted. We are pulled down. We have overthrown. What are we doing now? Building and planting. That's how you do it. Then we build and we plant. Then we build and we plant. Ah, everybody read this one like you are happy. We are reading three verses from two to four. They are long verses. Are you ready? One, two, let's go. Now it will come about that in the last days, the mountains of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains. And will be raised above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it. And many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For the Lord will go forth from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he will judge between the nations, and render decisions for many peoples. And they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will not lift up sword against nation and never again will they learn war. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We are prophesying. This is what God will do. Amen. The church will be exalted. Amen. The people of God will be, will know, will be respected. Amen. They will be respected. Listen, let me say it again. For righteousness. Amen. For holiness. Amen. For righteousness. Amen. For holiness. Amen. Let me just drop this word for those who may be listening. David Paulson says something. He said that, listen, that the world never respects a compromising church. They may not like it, but they always respect the church that is strict on the word of God. That's firm. That has direction. They may say, eh, you have to be modern, you have to be modern. When the church agrees, they lose respect for the church. But they get more popular, but they lose respect. But when the church says, sorry, God says homosexuality is a perversion. Our pastors can never, because those are the signs. He said, we will not ordain homosexual pastors. We are sorry. Here, you don't have both pregnancies. We are sorry. We know we are not popular. We are not popular. We put our rules down and we don't shift. Hey, he said, for us, private parts are still private. We dress like we recognize it. They won't like you, but they will respect you. They will not like you, they will respect you. 
the church that is popular in the world these days. You know, the truth is that they actually expect you to be different. I don't know whether you're getting my point. They may be there pretending, but they actually expect you to be different. Don't ever forget it. I just want to drop that briefly. Don't be afraid to be different. Say to people, eh, he said, you are a Jew. I said, yes, that's how Jesus said we should be. Say, you are not sharp. This dullness is for Christ. Let them be laughing first. The day they are in trouble, you know, you are the only one they will come to. Oh, you are the one they will come to. But if you have been compromising with them, you have lost respect. The day they are in trouble, they don't know where to go. You are held responsible by God for their lostness. This is the word of the Lord concerning his church and concerning this season we are stepping into. It will come about that in that the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and will be raised above all the hills and the peoples will be coming to it. He will say, come, teach us, teach us, teach us concerning his ways. That will be our destiny in the name of Jesus Christ. I said, that is our destiny in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, this is what God said he would do for us. He says, as for me, Isaiah 59, I'm reading from verse 21. This is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit which is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth. Say amen to that. Amen. Not from the mouth of your offspring. Amen. Not from the mouth of your offspring's offspring. Amen. Says the Lord, from now and forever. Amen. Listen, upon the church, God will do this. He said, I will put my, he said, my spirit which is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth. If you are here today, listen to this. The word of God will not depart from your mouth. The spirit of God will continually abide upon your life. That's what God wants to do. After he has uprooted every form of iniquity, we become the dwelling place of the most high God. That's what God is doing. Listen, people of God, that is our prophetic office. I'm going to end this here, all right? But please don't forget what we have done. Don't forget it. We have an assignment. What did I say? We must uproot unrighteousness out of the land. I hope you're getting my point. Please let me just add this scripture to it and we're out of here. Alright? I just feel like adding this scripture to it. Please just bear with me here. Yeah? The Lord is good. Habakkuk chapter 2 from verse 1 to verse 14. Now, we are prophesying this upon this land. We are prophesying from Habakkuk chapter 2 and we're going to read these 14 verses because I don't want to come back to this. Let's just do that and then we'll close. Habakkuk chapter 2. Please, all these things, please try and get the messages. Um, most of them are already on, they should be on our website. Anyone that's not there, at least by next week, all of them, including today's own, should be there sometime next week. So that you can just listen to them and make these things a personal prayer practice, a family prayer practice. It's not just for here. It's a continual thing we are praying that the people of God will do. Take these words, stand on your balcony and read them out. Stand beside your bed and read them out. I hope you're getting my point. Condemn what God wants condemned and lift up what he wants lifted up. God wants lies condemned. He does. Look at the kind of thing he wants condemned, all right? Let's quickly read this. Are you there? Yes, Habakkuk chapter 2. We're going to read from 1 to 14. Quickly. 1 to let's go. Oh, over Nigeria, over any nation that the church is in, we read, we read this. 1 to let's go. I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. And I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I will reply when I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, 
record the vision and inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will suddenly come, it will not delay. Listen to this, verse 4. Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by his faith. Furthermore, wine betrays a haughty man, so that he does not stay at home. He enlarges his appetite like show, and is like death never satisfied. He also gathers to himself all nations, and collects to himself all peoples. Will not all these take up a tongue song against him, even mockery and insinuations against him, and say, Woe to him who increases what is not his, for how long, and makes himself rich with loans. Will not your creditors rise up suddenly, and those who collect from you are awakened? Indeed, you will become plunder for them, because you have looted many nations. All the remainder of the peoples will loot you, because of human bloodshed and violence done to the land, to the land and to all its inhabitants. Woe to him who gets evil gain for his house, to put his nest on high, to be delivered from the hand of calamity. You have devised a shameful thing for your house by cutting off many peoples, so you are sinning against yourself. Surely the stone will cry out from the wall, and the rafters will answer from the framework. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed, and founds a town with violence. Is it not indeed from the Lord of hosts that peoples toil for fire, and nations grow weary of for nothing? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. This is the plan of God for every evildoer. Say Amen. This is the plan of God for every voodoo. He said, woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed. Who builds a political career with bloodshed. Who builds a business with bloodshed. Who founds a town he says, with violence. People, you know, people go and kidnap, collect money. They are hiding somewhere. They have boys. They will now use the money to do business. The business is dead. Amen. Say amen now. Amen. You want it to survive? That business is dead. You know why it has to be like that? So that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. The world must know, and Nigeria will know, that evil does not pay. That's the glory of God. For the earth to know that unrighteousness does not pay. Violence does not pay. Say amen. amen. Therefore, violent men will come to destruction. Amen. Those who are prospered from, by evil, they are coming down. Amen. They said they are doing human sacrifice. Because they want to win election. Let me tell you, it won't even work anymore. Amen. Let me say, see, see, we declare as a body of Christ in Nigeria, that any politician that does human sacrifice because he's looking in power, even if the Lord wanted to give him, now we say no. Amen. We bind it. Amen. No matter the progress you make, the moment you step, put your hand into such sacrifices, you are doomed. Your political career is over. Amen. Your business career is over. Amen. Listen, 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 listen. Anyone who kidnaps somebody, collects the money to start something else, that something else is dead. Amen. To build a family, that family will scatter. Amen. To start a political career, it will be a prison career. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In this land, evil will not thrive. Amen. Evil will not survive. Amen. Evil doers will go to prison. Amen. 
no matter how powerful they are, God will raise people more powerful than them to show them the glory of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. To come to pass, you will not be able to use your corrupt money to buy yourself out of trouble. You know what God used to do? When you are too powerful in Nigeria, you put in the jail abroad. Ah, yes. Oh. That's what the Lord does. See, it's too powerful. I will put you in jail where you don't have power. And that's even me being kind of. Because if I answer you by myself, I will put you in jail in your own house. Then that's a very terrible jail. You are in your own house, but it's prison. I will surround you with the spirit of fear. Not the fear of God, fear of fear. Terror by day, terror by night. If God puts you in prison, oh my father in heaven, listen to me, evil doers in Nigeria, your creditors will rise up suddenly. Amen. They will plunder you rapidly. Amen. He said, because you have looted many peoples, all the remainder of the peoples will loot you because of human bloodshed and violence done to the land, to the town and to all its inhabitants. What are we saying? In Nigeria, righteousness will thrive. Faithfulness will thrive. Justice will thrive. That's the decree of the watchers. The decree of the people of God. The decree of the church in this land. And we say to our own people, no more mingling with people who thief, who steal, who plunder. Politicians, listen, when you want to do Thanksgiving, go to the shrine. Don't come here if you're a thief. Come to us with clean hands and come with repentance. Yes, come with repentance. You know why? Because we are the people of God. We are the people of God. We are the people of God. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are the body of Christ on the earth. We are the foundation and pillar of the truth. That's what we are. Let's give the Lord thanks. Let's say, Father, we thank you. Let's give him thanks.